So how are y'all doing this morning? Good, good. Awesome, awesome. So hey, uh, so I just want to share with you guys kind of a fun, cool story. Um, So a while back, I used to serve as a huddle leader for FCA. Um, And so over the summers, uh, I would spend a good chunk of my time going and serving, uh, serving alongside athletes, um, talking to them about who Jesus is and how they have a platform um, and that Jesus wants for, wants for them to, be, to use their platform to go and proclaim his name, to go and do good and to do some amazing things in this world. And so it was right around 2012 that I was going up to Hardin-Simmons, which is in Abilene. Um, I was going up there to go and serve. Uh, This was uh, going to be my, uh, I think this is going to be my fourth camp uh, to serve as a huddle leader. Um, And so on the way up, uh, there's this artist by the name of Jimmy Needham. I had heard about him, and I was like, man, this dude is freaking phenomenal. He's amazing. And and, um, and I just, I, I... I had heard of some of his older stuff, but then really he released like a full album out. And I was like, man, this is, excuse my old term, the bomb.com. All right. Uh, and so it was super cool, like going through listening to it. I mean, he had, he featured a lot of different artists. He had Lecrae on there, but there's one song um, that he had called Clear, Clear the Stage. And Clear the Stage was uh, the title track for this, uh, for this set CD. And so it's, I'll be real honest with you guys, the series Worship, um, man, it's, it's, it's based a lot from that song because it says a lot of things that help shape um, how I now worship, all right? Um, but also, too, uh, there's a lot of cool people who are alongside, that came alongside me, especially at that camp. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Marcus Dawes uh, and another guy, another guy by the name of Jimmy McNeil. These are two worship leaders that are actually over at the Stone. Um, and so, and if you've been to ATX, Jimmy actually led, Jimmy McNeil led worship uh, for that. And so, um, super cool, super amazing, amazing guys. And, and again, this song is so cool. It's so great. It's so amazing. But there's a couple of lines that come out of the song that I, I think speak to what we have to understand and what we have to know today um, and know for the next three weeks about what worship is. And it simply is this. It says that you can sing all you want to and still get it wrong. Worship is more than a song. Let's pray. Gracious God, I thank you just for this beautiful day. I thank you for, for all that you do, all that you have yet to do, and, and all that you are, are, are about to do. Um, God, I pray for these students. I pray for their hearts. Um, I pray that they would know simply that you are a God who loves. You are a God who shows an abundance of grace, that you are a God who is willing to go to the deepest parts to come after us, God, that you, you seek us, you chase us down, God, you love us. God, I pray that this morning, um, God, that you would speak to me, but that you would speak through me. But God, I pray that you would hide me behind your cross. See a great, amazing name we pray. Amen. So like I said, the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about worship. And we're going to take the, the five W's of worship. We're going to focus on the what and why, the who, and the when and where. Okay? Just so you know, the who and the when and where are going to pop up a whole lot um, throughout the course of this series, and they'll pop up today. Those, those, those three W's will pop up today. But today we're going to focus on the what and why of worship. 
You see, what we have to understand and what we have to know is that uh, we have to look at worship and we also, too, have to look at singing, okay? We have to look at those two things, okay? And so one of the things that you guys will probably are aware of or you'll see um, is that whenever you do come to church on a Sunday morning, you either will have the worship leader or the worship pastor. Um, they'll either tell you, hey, let's stand and sing, let's, uh, or let's stand for worship. Um, hey, will you worship with me? You'll probably hear something like that. Danielle will say it in here. Um, uh, Malia will say it in here. Nisha will say it in here. Rhett will say it in here. You probably will hear that happen in here. But if you go over to the Home for Hope, you'll hear probably Pastor Casey say something like that. And I, I want you guys to understand is that, is that we, as we are looking at this, as we are looking at worship services, you know, we have to understand like these worship leaders, like a lot of this, when that said it, it, it kind of focuses a whole lot on a Sunday morning. And the thing is, is that the, the bad part about that is that it has us focused and, and it has us in a place where we are wired to think that worship and singing are the same thing. But the thing is that we have to remember is that worship is so much more than that. You see, it's the way we spend time focused on God, telling him how much we love him and, and also, too, how much we adore him and the adoration of him. And see, the thing is, is singing is a part of worship, but it's not the only way we worship Jesus. You see, to know how we worship, we need to start by asking, why do we worship? Side note, we're going to play a little game really quick, all right? I just want to see something. I want to test you guys on this, all right? So here's what's going to happen. We're going to play a game. You're going to, it's called Three Valentines, all right? So the first Valentine that pops up, or we'll do this. If you see a first one come up, first Valentine pop up, or whatever, what you're going to do is you're either going to hold up an, a one, a two, or a three. One is for a friend. Two is for a loved one. Three, if you think that this Valentine was written to God. Okay, you guys got that? Easy peasy, right? Do I need to say it again? Are we good? Okay, I just want to make sure because I can't tell. Y'all are kind of like zombies. All right, so, <laughs> so with that being said, we're going to have the first one. And Madden, I know you're going to laugh on this one. So here, let's read the first one. Here we go. So this Valentine says, what did the boy mushroom say to the girl mushroom? Give me a chance. I'm a fun guy. What do we think? What do we think? What do we think? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty easy, right? Pretty easy, right? So then let's read then this second one, all right? The second one will say this. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for constantly pushing me to be better daily and reminding me to constantly think of others around me. You are so amazing, and I am better because you love me. What do you think? So we have some threes. I have some threes. I see some twos. All right. Got some threes. Okay, awesome, 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 awesome. All right, and then let's read the last one. Last one says this. I still remember the day I said yes as one of the best days of my life. It's true, I was a lot skeptical about us at the beginning of our relationship, and I'm glad you proved me wrong. What do we think? Think three? Three, 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 three. Okay, we've got twos. Okay, awesome. So your order is this. Fun fact, what if I told you the first one was for God? Like, that'd be awesome. But no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> the first one is for a friend, all right? The second one is for God, all right? And then the third one is for a loved one, right? So let me ask you this question. So 
think about this. We have those two there, right? And, and Danielle, what was, what was so tricky about those two? Yeah. That's, yeah. Right. And it's, it's very, very sneaky. I got very, very sneaky with those. Right. Um, because those are some things that happen there. Right. So the thing about it is I just want to ask this question. What does this say about how we express our love to God and to other human beings? Right. Just think about that. We have to go back to that question again of why do we Worship, And we have to understand that worship isn't just a gushy or goofy valentine. Worship is an act of the heart. It connects us to God. It's more than saying thank you or just throwing around, I love you, right? It's more than that. In fact, it's possible, it's even easy, and I want you to hear this, it's even easy to sing during worship time and not worship at all. Hear that. It's easy for us to sing during worship time and still not worship at all. You see, the book of Romans describes what salvation is. Okay? And I'll be real honest with you, I love the book of Romans. I love it so much. Uh, it's filled with so much theological stuff, and, and, and there's so much thinking and, and pushing you to, to think well beyond where you're at. I love it because, it, it, for me personally, it, it helped expand my faith. And I love the book of Romans so, so much. But we're going to be in a particular place here. You see, in Romans chapter 8, Paul is talking here. And, and just so you know, Paul wrote Romans, wrote a good chunk of the, of the New Testament, and we've done a whole lot of New Testament things talking about, about Paul. But Paul is writing here. And it's, it's amazing because, again, he's coming from a place where he's writing a whole lot about all these different theological things, right? And then he, he's so in awe about it, and he's so just amazed by it. But then we find this one spot in Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39, where Paul just stops and he worships. And so what I'm going to do, we're going to do something a little bit different this morning. I actually have asked somebody to come up to come and read Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. So uh, Madden, if you would please. Kind of sweaty, not going to lie. Okay, cool. Hello. Oh, gosh, I can't see any of y'all. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, for all of, for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us things. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is the right hand of God, whom indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who are loved, who loved us. Wow, I'm really good at reading. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Thank you. Thank you. It is a lot, as Madden said. But again, this is worship. You see, Paul sits there, as like I said, he gives a whole lot of information, but he goes and he tells the Romans, he's telling everybody like what he thinks of God and what God thinks of him. And that's what I love about this passage. It's such a beautiful thing of where he literally stopped what he was doing to worship God. Stopped what he was doing. He wasn't singing. He was going and he was, and he was speaking of the nature of who Christ is and what Christ has done for him and why he is in awe of him. So the question becomes, what does worship mean for me? Again, a good example of that is to think about, the, again, this way that Paul talks about worship in this passage. See, he begins by describing the wonderful things God has done. He goes on to talk in depth about the ways God loves us, and his, his heart is in awe of God. Again, this is worship. And so I have to ask you some questions. Do you worship? Do you worship? Have you ever thought about what you think about God and the ways you love him? Can you just sit with him and tell him how much he means to you? You see, you don't have to go and sing a song. You can just sit with him. You can sit there. You can worship him while doing chores, on the drive to wherever you're going, whether you are on your field of play, court of play, pool of play, back there, Miss Allison, you can worship him at any point in time. And again, there's just, there's just, like I said, there's so many ways for us to go and pour out our hearts to God, to, to go and say, look, Lord, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for constantly loving me. Thank you for always showing me grace when I don't deserve it, but yet you still give me an abundance of it. You don't focus on my cracks. You see me as perfect and whole. So thank you for doing that. You see, the thing is, worship is anytime we stop and we honor God. When we stop and honor God, showing our total devotion to who he is. Like I said, at any point in time, we can do that. And we will talk about the when and where you can do that. I gave you a little bit of it, but there's more to that. And so I want you guys to kind of think about those things. Think, think about, about shifting the perspective and the posture of your hearts to want to have him go and be the center of your focus, the center of, of all the things that you do. Because he has blessed us with an abundance. And so out of the abundance of the heart, we should probably go back and give him nothing but the, the utmost praise that we can. I'll show you guys a picture of a guy by the name of Louis Giglio. Now, here's the thing. You probably have no idea who this person is, probably besides some of the adults in the room. But 
Louis Giglio is the pastor of a church called Passion Cities Church in Georgia. If you don't know about Passion Cities Church, maybe you know about Passion Conference. Have you all heard about Passion Conference? So Passion Conference, for a while, um, was in two locations. It was in Dallas, and then it was all the way out in Georgia. And so they decided, you know what, we're going to stop shutting that down because we can get more people. We can get more, more people who may not know, who might be ta- tagging along with a friend, who don't even know what Passions, Passions Conference is about. And they're just showing up like, okay, cool, we're going to hang out. We're going to Atlanta. We're going to go watch a Hawks game. Uh, we're going to go watch the Braves play, and it's going to be a great time in the good old ATL. No, it is going to be a good time in the ATL, but it's made for a different reason because there were, there were tons, there were tons, there were tons every year of people who go to Passion Conference to experience Jesus, maybe for the first time, or maybe it's for multiple times like that, or maybe even two, it might even be for the last time. I don't know. But so many people go to this church, go to this conference. One of the songs that we sing come from this came out of this conference from the, from the worship leaders that are there and the writers, a song called Glorious Day. But it came from out of that church, came from God that came to, those, came to those worship leaders, to those writers to go and send this song out because they knew that this was going to be a song that was going to bring up that praise and was going to shout that praise and was going to be, be an anthem for all Christians everywhere. Louis Giglio, let's talk about him really quick. So, he started out as a college student in Atlanta, and he took a job at an office that required he spend all day, every day, in a small room making photocopies in, for his fellow employees. Because of this time to himself, he had a lot of time to be with God. And he wrote this. He said, this job gave me lots of time to hang out with God. Photocopying, though manually intensive, doesn't overly deplete the brain, which left lots of time for thoughts of God, time to talk to him, time to worship, time to listen, time to pray. Even the most mundane tasks can turn into opportunities to praise the Lord of the universe. I want you to think about that. As you go through your day, as you're doing things, that you have a great opportunity to go and praise the Lord. So now what? How do we do this? Where do we begin? I said it earlier. Start with your heart. Start with the posture. All right, worship begins with posture. And no, it's not about standing up or sitting down. Like I said, it's the posture of the heart. Are you devoted to God? Are you willing to pause and to totally focus on God? The next question I want you to ask yourself as you think about worship is, who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? So you see, Paul knew exactly what he thought of Jesus and why he needs to sit in total honor of him. He he understood that. So ask yourself, do I really want to worship God? Is it easier to sing along with the song than to think about what Christ really means to me? And as as you ask that question, ask this one. Why is that? Why is it that? 
one of the things we have to understand and we have to know is that worship happens daily. You see, this passage of Romans is not the first time that Paul goes and he talks about Jesus and worships Jesus. It's not the first time that this happens. It's not the first time that he talks about how awestruck he is of Jesus. He talks about it often. And if we follow Paul's example, worship goes beyond Sunday. If we follow Paul's example, worship goes beyond Sunday. It becomes part of your everyday lives. Hear that. If we follow Paul's example, worship goes what? Beyond just Sunday. Exactly. It becomes part of our everyday lives. That's what worship is. And I will say this. We all worship differently. We do. Remember that worshiping through song is not bad or wrong, but it's not the only way that we can go and worship. You see, some people find it easier to worship God maybe through drawing or writing or just by sitting, all right? And there's nothing wrong with that. And worship isn't just about being emotional. We can worship with our minds too. You see, it might happen when we read our Bible or we hear a message, or we just happen to be out in God's beautiful creation like we were at camp this summer. See, fun fact, while part of our group went up to that third stop, right? You, you guys took your picture. I was down there on that second spot, and I was, I was just worshiping. I was just having a good time because I was in awe of the beauty that we were in. I was in awe of what God had created. And I know for y'all who were going up and who all went to camp as we were huffing and puffing around everywhere, but you were around the mountains, you can probably say that was beautiful. Not to be cheesy and quote Blake Shelton, but I felt like it definitely was God's country. All right? You're welcome, Rhett. Just for you. Just for you. Just for you, Rhett. But no. I say all of this, I say all of this because we have to understand the what and why of worship. What is worship and why do we worship? Why do you worship? I'm gonna wrap with this. God made each of us unique. So it shouldn't surprise us that we could stand in awe of him in different ways. We all worship differently, and that's okay. But we have to remember, one, the posture of our heart, where it all begins. Where is that at? And why do you worship him? 